Let us all turn now to 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And it's going to be an extremely long verse. I speak facetiously as we read verse 14 of 1 Corinthians chapter 6. If you can please stand to honor the reading of his word. And it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14, it says, God has raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his own power. God bless and honor the reading of his word. And you may be seated. In the last three weeks, we have spoken about a few things. We have spoken about the freedom of law. We've spoken about how there's 613 laws, the biblical laws, often misunderstood. And we've spoken about how there's three types of laws, how there's the moral laws. We're not really going to speak about all those, of course. That's all pretty much done. But in doing so, we've spoken about the moral laws, the eternal, universal laws those are that, that never end. There's moral laws. They stick with us. They're moral laws. God's moral laws stick with us. Morality doesn't change. Not God's morality. They're still there. We spoke about the ceremonial laws, that's the religious laws, and they're finished. Jesus fulfilled them. And we spoke about the judicial laws, that's the laws of the land. We spoke about those things. Then we went on speaking about other things through time. We spoke about other things throughout that time. And then uh, after speaking about that stuff through the last couple of weeks, we also spoke about throughout the nighttime service mostly. Uh, on the evening services, we've spoken about several things in the last couple of weeks. We spoke about the prosperity preachers. We speak about earning things, how pretty much are to control God, and that's all nonsense, of course. We don't control God. He's not a genie in a bottle. But that's what a lot of them preach, and we spoke about that, and how the, we've also had a, a discussion of the progressive teachers who think that uh, we don't have to worry about morality as if we can basically do whatever we want to do, that we are supposed to change with time, that we're to almost get along with the uh, uh, Things are going on in society now that we can pretty much ignore what the Bible says. Well, that's nonsense, too. Uh, but today we're going to, uh, basically what I'm trying to tell you is that the prosperity and the progressive teachers take the words out of context of the Word of God. But today we're going to finish all these things because the one thing that the legalistic believers and the prosperity preachers and the progressive teachers all believe and quote in arrogance to take out of context all the time is that I have the power, they say. And that's the title of today's sermon, I Have the Power. That's the thing that people say all the time, I have the power. That's the title of today's sermon, I Have the Power. As a child, as a little child, a little boy, I watched a TV show every single day, except Sunday, because that was the only day it wasn't on. This uh, cartoon that came on was called He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. And I've spoken about this cartoon before. This uh, was a horrible cartoon, but I loved it. I love this cartoon. And uh, so much so that I, I today, this will not shock you. I've said it so many times. I'm having to be wearing a tie of that show. I've saved it for today. This wonderful tie, this goofy-looking feller with a, with a sword, special sword. Sword of power, they called it. And uh, I love that cartoon. Oh, yes, I did. I I watched it every day and loved it tremendously. And every single day, 
when you'd watch the show, the man would pull out a sword and say, I have the power. And oh, how all us kids at school would say that over and over again, I have the power. Many people believe and quote that in a weird way when they say, many believers, talk about Christians, say that we have the power. As if it's our power, and I just told you about a few, they think it's our power that we have. They say this, they even preach it, talking about prosperity preachers and others, that it's our power that we have that, that helps us out. As if God is a genie in a bottle and he'll give us anything we ask for. And that's not true. He won't give us anything we ask for. It has to be God's will that he gives us things. It has to be to follow him and the things that he wants us to have. It's foolishness to think that God will give us anything that we want. They oftentimes misquote and misconstrue the word of God. And oftentimes they will quote a certain scripture. One of my all-time favorites. One that helps me out every single day. And that's no lie. That's not even a stretch of my imagination. And that scripture is Philippians 4.13. If not my favorite scripture, at least one of them. And that is Philippians 4.13. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things. I'm going to stop there. Because that is the part that many of these ministers and people who quote it stop at. I can do all things, they'll say. I can do all things. And if you only take it, that part of it, I can do all things, and take it out of context, I can do all things. I can do anything I want to do. I can do all things. That could be misconstrued, misunderstood. That's the same kind of attitude that Satan had, even back in the days of the garden. I can do anything, all things, whatever I want to do. That's not what the Bible says. If you'll listen, just listen all the way through that scripture. Listen to what it says. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things because of Christ who strengthens me. If you listen to that, it means to follow Jesus, to follow Jesus, to do his will, and what he wants me to do, that can be done. Not because I have the strength, not because I have the power, but because Jesus Christ has the power. Amen? Amen. And it's okay to say amen. I'm not going to rebuke you. I promise you that. I promise. It's not because we have the power, not because the power of sloth, not because the power of laziness, not because the power of sin. It's so many people try to say, it. oh, the power of arrogance. What do you mean power of sin, power of arrogance? Because when I say I can do anything I want to do, there's some arrogance in that pride. God's not going to bless pride. Look at that over and over again. Over and over again, people who thought they had power, Samson even, when he was putting into himself. Samson had the strength of God, did he not? Yes, he did. When he was following God. When he wasn't following God, look what happened. We can, we can go over and over again, uh, Solomon, others. When following God, the strength of God was with them. When not following God, whew, they fell upon themselves, fell upon flesh, fell upon their own sword, so to speak, the sword of flesh. But when we follow God, the great strength we have, the power of God we have. Do I have the power? I had the power of God when I am following God. Let's continue on. The power of God. Be sure, Christian, that we have the power of God. Do I have the power of God? The power of God the Father? Yes. I have the power of God the Father within me. The power of God through communication. The power of God through prayer. There's the power of prayer within you. The power of prayer. The power of prayer is he will lead us and guide us. Is it real? Yes, it's real. It's not just talking into the air. Is the Oh, yes, the world will try to tell you that. The world will try to tell you, don't worry, this sermon is not about prayer. 
although it could be, although it could be, we could talk all about prayer all day long if we wanted to, but we won't. We'll get that to another day. But prayer is very powerful. And if you're not using prayer in your life, I'm sorry to tell you, that's your doings. But prayer is very important. I don't know about the rest of y'all, but throughout my day, when I'm having physical problems, when I'm having, yes, mental problems, meaning I'm not thinking correctly, because the physical hurts the mental, it hurts the spirit, it hurts the mind, it's all those things. Guess what I do? I shut up. You, Pastor, you know how to shut up once in a while, I do. And I go to the Lord. I go to his word. And guess what? Suddenly, everything goes back right again. The guidance goes back right again. Why? Because God is setting me back through prayer and everything else. Okay, God, this is what we're going to do. Don't think about the things of the world. Don't think about all that. We're going to put GPS. Boom. We're going to get you right back. That's what you, you know, calculating, 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 get you right back. And that's what God does. Through prayer, through supplication, through all these things, we're going to supply it. He supplies us through the thought, through the prayer. Oh, man, he gives us our needs. I talk with him. He comforts me. Oh, I feel like, I feel like sometimes he gives me arms of security. There's been times I feel, Lord, I can't go on another day, and I feel his great big, I'm not talking physically, okay? I'm talking through spirit. I can feel his arms come over me, and I feel like he's comforting me. Am I the only one who's ever felt that? I'm sure I'm not. Those Holy Spirit arms come around and they comfort me. Don't worry, I'm not going to do this for the first full 30 minutes, okay? But feel it. I can feel it. I can feel it speak to me. I can feel it. He gives us that power of prayer. You have that power of prayer. But what else do you have, Christian soldier? What else do you have? You have the power. When you have the power of God the Father, you have other power. You have other power. You have it, yes, because you have the power of God in you. What do you have? You have the power through his son, Jesus. You have the power through his son, Jesus, the power of everlasting life in you. The power in his blood. The power of his blood in you. Why? Because there's power of faith in Jesus. The power of faith. Yes, you have faith. Faith in what? Okay, well, let's get into that. Power of faith in Jesus. And with that, you have power, not just power through his son Jesus of everlasting life and the power of his blood. Power of faith in Jesus because there's power of grace. Power of grace of Jesus. And with that, I'm going to read something to you. So let's now turn to 2 Corinthians. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, Verse 9, Jesus Christ said something to Paul. And I love this. You know, a lot of times people, they, they, they don't think about this. That Jesus spoke to Paul quite a bit. And, and, and listen what he said to Paul here. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. This is Jesus speaking. And then Paul finished the rest of this verse. And it's just beautiful, beautiful. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. And, and Paul was hurting bad physically. And Paul Felt like he couldn't go on, and he wanted to be healed. He didn't feel like he could go on. Didn't feel like he could go on another day. You ever feel like that? I just can't go on another day. The whole world's coming against me. I can't go on. Maybe you feel that way. Maybe you feel like that right now. Oh, but everything's happening in the world, and everyone's calling me stupid, and they're all saying we can't go on. Lord God, heal me from my burdens, from my from my health. Heal me from the way my mind is working against me, from all the things I see online. From all the things I see on the news, 
for my family, for my friend, and you're praying to God for him to heal you from all these things. And Lord, why aren't you healing me? I don't understand. Listen what he said to Paul. But he, being Jesus, he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, and this is Paul talking now, therefore most gladly I will boast in my weakness that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Woohoo! Think about that. Now, folks, I got to tell you, I pray that God would heal me from my tumors. I pray that God would heal me from the problems of my seizures. I pray that God would heal me from the pains in my head all the time. I got pains all the time. Oh, Tylenol loves my pain because they get supported all the time from it. I pray that God would heal me from all. You guys have no idea. I, I can't feel my whole hand all the time. I can't feel it. It's numb constantly. I pray God would heal me from that. I pray God would heal me from the pains in my knees and the, the, the terrible pains. I can't walk very well. I pray God would heal me from my weight problems. And I lost a lot, gained a lot, lost a lot, gained a lot, back and forth. Oh, man, those poor scales are like, what's wrong with you? I go back and forth with all these problems, back and forth. God healed me, give me miracles. But, folks, the fact is it's a miracle every day that we wake up and we can live with Christ. And you guys have your problems, too, physically and everything else. The fact is, is it's a spiritual miracle that God helps us up every day. It says, don't worry about what you're going through physically. Don't worry about what you're going through mentally. Don't worry about what you're going through in all these things emotionally because with you and the power of me, I'm with you now. Don't worry about all that because you'll be with me for eternity, and I am with you every day. Die to yourself and get up and follow me. Amen. You have the power of God with you, the power of Jesus Christ. Don't give up. Because when you have the power of God, the Father, and the power of Jesus Christ, you have, you have the power of the Holy Spirit, and you have the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He is with you now. And when you are being guided by the Holy Spirit, Jesus speaks to us through the Holy Spirit to guide us. And that's when God communicates through this way. Woo! Hallelujah. Now let's turn to Colossians. Turn to Colossians. Colossians chapter 1. Colossians chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. Colossians chapter 1, verses 10 through 12 says this. that you may walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, pleasing to all, being fruitful in every good work, and increasingly in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, enduring everything with perseverance and patience joyfully, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled us to be partakers in the inheritance of the saints in light. It goes on to say other things, but we need to know that this is because of the Holy Spirit. I never understand when a Christian says they don't believe in the Holy Spirit, how foolish. Born for the Holy Spirit, you would never come to know Jesus because it's the Holy Spirit that speaks to us and calls out to us and brings us in. Brings us in from the fields of sin. It's the Holy Spirit that calls out to us and says, don't do that. And if we're ignoring anything, that's us ignoring the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is one that uses our conscience. Now, we're about to turn to 
in 2 Peter chapter 2. And I say this to you because we're going to read the entire chapter, 2 Peter chapter 2. But as we're doing that, I'm going to read to you one verse from 2 Peter chapter 1. Now I say this to you because this, 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 this chapter is glorious, it's wonderful, it's going to help us in this moment, and we're going to talk a little bit about it as we go. But 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 says this, I'm at Jesus now, of course, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who has called us to his own glory and excellence. It's his power. His power has called us. This has given us these things. It's what we need. Now let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 2. I hope you've been able to do so. Because I don't, once we get going, once we get going on this, oh boy, oh boy, it's beautiful. Second Peter chapter two. But there, but there were also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you. Now let me stop for just a second. We know I, I mentioned earlier that there's going to be uh, prosperity preachers. We see them all the time. You know how to make money. God will give you, give you, give you. And there's also progressive teachers. We talked about this last couple Sunday nights. If you haven't seen it, it's because I've not put it on line. I've only had it here at the, the uh, at night, and the reason is, I'll just be honest with you, it's because I've named uh, prosperity preachers and progressive preachers, and uh, and I don't like naming that stuff online. I I, have, I think you know a lot of them, to be truthful. You've probably seen them on TV. But I don't like naming them online. I don't like doing that. But but, but there's a lot of them, an awful lot of them. You've seen them. Uh, but they, they, they seem to be a lot of them about money or about getting along with the world. Now, we could be loving to the world. That doesn't mean we need to get along with them and be with We're to be in the world, not of the world. That's biblical. We're not to try to get along and try to be like the ways of the world, like the ways of sin. We're not to do that. We're not to do that. And both of them are doing that. Now, that's not to say I'm, I'm you're not to judge. I'm not, no, I'm not judging. But I'm using judgment of the Holy Spirit. And that's in the, in the word. And the fact is that so many of those creatures are taking scriptures out of the Bible so that they can get along with the people of the world. We're not to do that. We're to go right along with the word. So let's go on from there. But there were also false prophets. This is chapter 2 again. There are also false prophets among the people, just as there will be false teachers among you, who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, bring swift destruction upon themselves, and many will follow their destructive ways because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. And in their, uh, in their greed, they will exploit you with deceptive words. Their judgment made long ago does not linger, and their destruction does not slumber. Verse 4, for if God does not spare the angels that sin, talking about demons now, for if God did not spare the angels that sin, but cast them down to hell, and deliver them into chains of darkness uh, to be kept for judgment. And if he did not spare the ancient world, but save Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others, and he uh, brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly, and if he condemned, excuse me, condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to destruction by reducing them to ashes, making them an example for those afterward, 
who would live ungodly lives, and if he delivered righteous Lot, who was distressed by the filthy conduct of the wicked, for the righteous man who lived among them, and what he saw and heard of their lawless deeds tormented his righteous soul day after day, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trial and to keep the unrighteous under punishment for the day of judgment, especially those who walk after the flesh in pursuit of unclean desires and despise authority. Folks, I'll get into this in a minute, but we know there are people who are looking at God and they're thumbing their nose at God and saying, hey, I don't want to hear it. I won't have anything to do with it. I'm going to live the way I want to live. And there are even some people who say they're Christians. I'm not going to say they're not. But they're basically saying, I know what God says, but I'm going to do what I'm going to do. We're not to be that way. We're to follow God, follow his word. We're to do what he says and have the power of God shining through us. That is what we are to do. As it goes on to say, they are presumptuous and arrogant and are not afraid to slander the angelic beings, whereas, verse 11, whereas angels who are greater in power and might do not bring slanderous accusations against them before the Lord. Verse 12, but these people are like irrational animals born to be captured and destroyed. They speak evil of the things that they do not understand, and in their corruption they will be destroyed. Verse 13, they shall receive the wages of the unrighteous of unrighteousness. They count it a pleasure to carouse in the daytime. They are blots and blemishes who revel in their own deception while they carouse together with you. They have eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin. They entice unstable souls. Their hearts are trained in greed. They are cursed children. They have forsaken the right way and have gone astray. They follow the way of Balaam, the son of Beor, who loved the wages of wickedness, but who was rebuked for his iniquity. The mute donkey, speaking with a man's voice, constrained the madness of the prophet. These men are wells without water and clouds that are carried by a storm for whom the gloom of darkness has been reserved forever. For when they speak arrogant words of vanity, they entice by the lust of the flesh and by depravity those who barely escape from those who live in error. Although they promise them freedom, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by that which a man is overcome to this he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and they are again entangled in them and are, and are overcome, the latter end is worse than them than the beginning. And I'm saying this before I finish. That therefore means if they already know that they can be free from sin, and we're not talking about the loss of salvation. I always have to make that clear. It's talking about if you know you can be free of these things, why go back? Why go back to it? Do not do such things, Christian. If you know you can be free from sin, don't go back and jump into the filthiness of sin. Don't do it. Don't do those things. Stay away from it. Don't follow the world. But my friends tell me, don't listen to your friends. If they're your friends, they're not going to want you to get dirty. If they're your friends, they're not going to want you to, 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 to live in sin. If they're really your friends, they're going to want you to live in righteousness. They're going to want you to follow God, not Satan. But they say they're my friends. Come on, child. Come on, child. 
Listen to your father, God. I had so many friends in school, or so I thought. Friends in school who I actually got in trouble for. They were talking in class, and I said, I don't want to get in trouble. So I got sent out in the hallway for them. And later on, they laughed and thought I was stupid for getting in trouble for them. And my dad said, son, that was dumb. And I said, well, why is it dumb, Dad? I loved him. He goes, but they didn't love you, did they? They laughed at you and mocked you. And they thought you were dumb for getting in trouble for them. Folks, those weren't my friends. Okay. They might have liked me, okay, but here's the truth. They weren't really my friends. They laughed at me. They mocked me. Why, why, do we, why do we want to get hurt for other people? Jesus Christ did it all for them. If they're not going to uh, uh, follow Jesus, why would they follow us? No, we're to follow our Savior. We're not saviors for others. Come on. Pastor, are you saying we're not to be loving? That's not what I said. We're to follow the most loving of all time, Christ. But they don't respect Jesus. So why would they respect you who follows Jesus? If they don't respect you, it's not because they're not loving enough. Yes, we need to be loving. Yes, we need time. We're not to be holier than thou and all that. I'm not saying that. But And we're not to be condemning. But at the same time, they don't love you because they don't love him. And they see him in you. That's what it is. And so I go on. Verse 21, for it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness. Let me stop for a second. This is not saying that these people are saved and then they go back into the world. This means they know of the way of salvation and they choose it not. This is what it's saying. Think about that. They say, oh, I know the way of salvation. I know that Christ is the only way and I'm not going to take it. Saying it would have been better if they'd not ever known it than to know it and say, no, then I'm not going to take it. Wow. Abundantly obtuse. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to have known it and then turn back from the holy commandment that was delivered to them. But it has happened to them according to the true proverb, the dog returns to his own vomit and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mud. And that's from Proverbs 26, verse 11. It would have been better. He's talking about the, the ways of the old Hebrews. And this is Peter talking again. He's saying that it would have been better for them not to know of the Messiah who had come than them to willingly walk away. How many people are walking away from the power of Jesus. But a lot of Christians now are afraid. They're afraid. They're afraid of the world. They're afraid of the people of the world. They're afraid of what our friends will say. I, I love a lot of people. I have a lot of friends that I love who are lost. I love them. I love them so much. I don't want them to go to heaven. I don't want them to go to hell. I love them so very much. I literally cry for them almost every night. If I could, I would shake the stupidity out. I can't do it, though. I can't force them. I can't force them to know the truth. I can't. But, Pastor, what can you do? I can continue to pray. Pray that the Holy Spirit come to them. Continue to pray for the power. I let the power speak through me to, to them and continue to live for God. Not to go to the ways of the world, but 
Philip, is there anything you could do? Just keep loving, keep living, keep going to them and showing the love of the Lord to them. Not be in their face, but continue to love them. That's all I can do. I'm not going to go to the ways of the world, I tell you that, because the power of God lives within me. That's all I can do. But I'm not going to fear the world. I'm not going to hush. I'm sitting in my room sucking on my thumb and saying, oh, I don't want to upset anybody. I'm going to be quiet. No, because the power of God lives within me. Folks, if you have the power of God, who are we to be cowards in the corner and not let people see the power of God in us? You know, if you have a brand new car battery, a brand new car battery, they say, well, my, my, my car battery has power. And then you go to start the car and it's not starting. Are you sure it has power? Well, it doesn't want to set the other car. It doesn't want to upset that other car. It just wants to stay there quietly. No, 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 no. It either has power or it doesn't. It either has power or it doesn't. Christians, you either have the power of God living within you or you don't. So every single day you need to start. You need to get started. You don't want to sit there quietly. Well, I don't want to upset all the others around me. No, start. Get started. Let the power of God start up in you every single day. Pick it up. Pick up the word. Pick it up in prayer. Because let says in Ephesians 3.20. Now to Ephesians 3.20. What does it say? It says this in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we imagine, according to the power that works in him. Now, it says more, but the point is made here. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, beyond all that we ask or imagine, according to the power that works in us. More than we can imagine, that power of God is in us. Think about it. It's in us because of God, because of Jesus. And in Matthew 19, 26, now that's not the year, of course. <laughs> that's the book and its verse. In Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, what does Jesus say? But Jesus looked at them and said, With men, and it is impossible, but with God, what is possible? All things are possible. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing is impossible. And then here's the one. Here's the one that we need to remember. I want you to remember this one. Write this down and remember this. Every time you think you don't have the power, you don't have any power within you to control the things you want to do. Every time you're tempted to sin. Every time you want to watch something that you shouldn't. Every time you want to say something you shouldn't. Every time that someone makes you angry and you want to say something you shouldn't, or anything else, remember this wonderful scripture, 2 Timothy 1.7. Oh, because remember the power of the Lord Jesus Christ is living in you. Remember 2 Timothy 1.7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, because remember, we don't have fear of this world around us. I thought we were supposed to have fear. Yes, fear of the Lord, which is respect to the Lord. Okay? God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. Oh, yes, self-control. You have power of self-control. You can say no because Jesus is in you. And when you think you can't say no to those things, I can't do it. I can't say no. I can't say no to another piece of cake. I can't say no to gossip. I can't say no to yelling at that neighbor. I can't say no to honking my horn to the guy in front of me. I can't say no to watching. I can't say no to lying. I can't say. Oh, but Jesus can. 
and Jesus is in you. So when you think you can't, do you think you can't say no to typing something up on whatever internet thing or what? Yes, you can because Jesus is in you, and then you have the power through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Yeah, I was going to say it's okay to say amen. I won't be offended. And remember, 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 there's another power you have. You have the power of God the Father in you, the power of His Son, Jesus Christ, the power of His blood, the power of the faith in Jesus, the power of His grace, the power of the Holy Spirit and guidance that's all living within you. You have the power of no fear, the power of, of godly courage, the power of godly courage. Don't be cowardice. Oh, I tell you, there's times I've felt like a coward. There's times i felt like a cowardly lion. <laughs> There's times I've been afraid to go out. Times I've been afraid to say things. Times I've been afraid that people won't like me. Times I've been afraid that I'm not being a good Times I've been afraid to say anything. Times I've been afraid that I'm not being a good witness because I may am not, maybe I'm not being nice enough. But folks, we don't need to have, as long as we're following his word and following him in prayer, the power of prayer, and following him in all these other things, we don't need to be cowardly because we have the power of godly courage. Amen? Amen. The power of godly courage. Let us now turn to 2 Corinthians 13. 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Because it says this in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. For though he was crucified through weakness, Yet he lives by the power of God. So also, we are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God serving you. Pastor, explain that to me. What does that mean? Okay. Let's look at what Peter, or excuse me, what Paul's talking about in this verse. 2 Corinthians 13, 4. For though Jesus was crucified through weakness, talking about the weakness of the flesh, for though he was crucified in a physical form, weakness, yet he, Jesus, lives through the power of God. He rose again. And it says, so we also are weak in him, meaning even though we have him in our, our souls, we are weak in our physical form, even though we have him. But we shall live with him, Jesus, by the power of God serving you, meaning we're going to continue to live eternally with him as we serve in this world we're going to continue to live even though we will die physically so don't you worry about all this stuff going on in our bodies going on in this world we're going to continue to live so don't worry about all that stuff even in the day when you feel the weakest when you wake up feeling like you don't want to get up when you wake up and you feel like you just don't want to go on when you wake up and you feel like you can't get up anymore and you don't want to get up and all this stuff is getting you down emotionally and everything else Remember that even though we are weak here, we are strong here. We are strong here. We are strong in the spirit because we're going to live forever. Not because of our power, but because of his. Hallelujah. One other power. Well, there's a couple others, but we have the power to say no. The power to say no because of Jesus. The power to say no to Satan in the world. The power to say no to fleshly desire. The power to say no to the temptation. The power to say no and turn to the strength over our weaknesses. 
Listen what it says in 1 Corinthians 1.18. 1 Corinthians 1.18. For to those who are perishing, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. And it is. Those who are lost. It's foolishness when they hear about the cross. It is. They hear you talking about salvation through the cross and they think you're a fool. But remember, remember those who are a fool are those who don't have Jesus. So let me finish that verse, 1 Corinthians 1.18. For to those who are perishing, they're dying. They're dead. To those who are perishing, the preaching of the cross is foolishness. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And one other power that you have, one other power, you have the power of the word. You have the power of this word of God is so extremely powerful. So many people take the power of the word for granted. I hear people foolishly talking about this as if it's just a book. Folks, this is the living word of God. The Holy Spirit speaks to us through this word of God. 66 books in which every single word is precious that can be fed to us and through us and lead us and guide us. And there is power in the word. There is power in this word. In this word, it can be used as a sword to lead us and to guide us, to lead us and to guide us. And every single day, we are to pick up the word of God. We are to pick it up and to know that there is power in this word. Who can say amen with this? Amen. That's right, because there is power. Every single day, I know that when I reach into the Word, I'm going to draw out the sword of God. Because with the Word of God, I have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ within me. I have the power to lead me and guide me. And when Satan tries to come upon me and tell me that he's going to run me down, I'm going to point right at him with the Word of God and say, Get thee behind me, Satan. You have nothing to run me down with because greater is he who's in me, First John 4, 4. Greater is he who is in me than he who is of the world. He has nothing on me. He has nothing on you as long as you have the word of God with you. And I keep it in my heart every single day. And I know you do too. Amen. Amen. One other verse. Another verse. Ephesians 6.10. Finally. My brothers, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Don't let Satan or the people of this world who are lost, folks, you should pray for them. Let them see the power of God living in you, shining out of you. Let them see that you are not going to let Satan tear you down. Bring fear over you. No matter what's going on, know that the power of God is strong in you. You may say right now, I don't feel the power right now like I should. Then come forward. Because today you can walk out of here feeling the power resurging in you. Let it, let it feel it coming back in you. Because I know one thing, every single day sometimes I feel down. Sometimes I feel like I can't go on physically or emotionally or mentally, sometimes even spiritually. But then I pick up the word and that power is coming back in me again. And I'm not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. 
Oh, but Philip, don't you just want to give up? No, because greater is he than me than he's of the world. No, I'm not going to stop because the power of Jesus Christ is in me better now than it was yesterday, better tomorrow than it is today. I'm not giving up because the power of Jesus Christ is so strong, I can barely contain myself. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Jesus Christ is going to do within me. And someday I'm going to get up there to heaven and I'm going to see all my brothers and sisters of Christ come up and say, Oh, can you feel the power? I say, Yes, it's our Lord and Savior Jesus. He's right there. And I'm going to hug him and I'm going to hold him and I'm going to bow down to him. And right now, I know we're all going to do the same thing. You have the power of Jesus in you. Don't let tomorrow come where you feel down. Know that the power is in you. Feel that joy of the power of Jesus. Let us bow. Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you so much for your power. Thank you so much, Lord God. We know it's not ours to control and contain. We know it's yours, Lord, to live within us, to be seen by all the world. I pray, Lord, that there be anyone lost around, that they'll come to know you today. If there be anyone who's feeling down today, I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that your power will energize them. I pray, Lord Jesus, they'll be on fire for you. I pray, Lord Jesus, for all those within our lives who need to be uplifted, who need a revival. I pray, Lord Jesus, that today they'll call out to you and feel your power and be lifted up. I pray this in your holy and precious name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.